This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon. Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the busted wide open. 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 Busted wide open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome, patrons, to your patron mailbag episode of the Busted Wide Open Show. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and welcome to the show. And if you're on Twitch, welcome to the live show. That's right. We're on Twitch now. We're on Twitch. If you're listening to this on a podcast or in some other media or watching this on YouTube later in our YouTube video, that's right. This was streamed live on Twitch, which is where we're at now. We're over on Twitch. We're doing all the things on Twitch, and it's a lot of fun. Thanks to everyone who's hanging out in the chat there. We're actually doing a new way of doing this where before we would actually stop the main show, shut everything down, and then come back. We had to find a new stream, and that's not how it works anymore. Nope. Now you can just hang out straight through. Yep. We just take a break, and that's it. We're back, and we're, and that's what this is. We're, we're back. So thanks to everyone who's hanging out in chat. You guys are awesome. Uh, and welcome to everyone who's listening on other media, wherever that may be. Thanks for joining us on the show. This is the show where we answer the questions that you guys submit to us. And by you guys, I mean our patrons, our lovely, wonderful, amazing patrons who support the show and help us in this little endeavor that we call the Busted Wide Open Pro Wrestling Show. But if you want to be a patron and you want to ask us questions, you head over to patreon.com forward slash busted wide open. You sign up for one of our tiers, and then you too can have your questions answered on this show. It's kind of an AMA format, wrestling-based, but we will answer any question that you have for us on this show because that's what it, it is about, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Nick, what do we have lined up today? Yeah, lots of questions. I think uh, 10 or 12 questions Ooh. from all of our awesome patrons. If you'd like to get your questions in, guys, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be in is that $5 tier, just $5 a month, and you can get access to uh, the ability to a- ask questions every single week. Plus, it's August. August is SummerSlam month. That means it's a big four pay-per-view, and that means we are going to be doing our BWO Patrons Pick'em's Challenge for SummerSlam. So go ahead and get signed up. Jump into that. At least the $5 tier if you want some bonus episodes and some Skype calls and other stuff. There's higher tiers as well. But all you got to be in is that $5 tier to be able to participate in the Patrons Pick'em Challenge. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't done it yet, uh, you're missing out. It's a lot of good times. Uh, and Robbie RB will be defending uh, his WrestleMania winning oh, yeah. championship for the very first time at SummerSlam. So Heads mm-hmm. up, Robbie. You got a lot of people coming your way. I don't know, about 60-something people that are that want your title. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Plus, we're on the race to 100 patrons. So, guys, we're going to cook up something really... Ri- if we did Naya Shrine for 20 patrons, just so we're doing, think yeah. about what we're going to do for 100, all right? 
music music video maybe. dancing music maybe. video maybe i'll do my own we version of rick uh, astley's never gonna give you up the never the, gonna make out now give you, give you never nick gonna, roll oh okay <laughs> don't we have questions we could be answering instead of these kinds of we jokes we do we do let's kick it off okay, uh, let's get this shindig underway kicking things off with mr billy uh how you billy. doing billy he says, good evening, my friends. First and foremost, good thank evening. you for all the good vibes. Wasn't able to secure the loan for the house, but hey, stuff happens. Oh. It's all good. Sorry to hear that, brother, but better luck next time. Uh, my question yes. this week is, can you power rank the leaders of Bullet Club? Devitt was the original. Anderson was recognized as a leader briefly. AJ won gold and brought New Japan to the mainstream. Omega enhanced all of that helped launch a new company due to his work, and made people really see some great matches. White brought them back to the cutthroat ways and won a couple of titles. Now, Evil is a triple champ and continuing the dastardly ways Bullet Club has found it, was founded upon. Thank you for all you guys do. Stay phenomenal. Thank you, Billy. Um, how how Thanks, do you... Pers- so I certainly Thank have you, my dude. views. How do you personally stack rank the Bullet Club leadership over the last decade? Uh, I... I have to admit, it's 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 either F- or, uh, Devitt Pr- uh, Finn or um, or AJ for the top spot, and it's really depending on if we're doing this in kayfabe or out of kayfabe. Okay. In kayfabe, I mean, Finn started the damn right. thing, you know, and he was the Godfather, and he brought them to some major prominence, um, and. Whereas AJ was also like a really, really strong leader and brought them to some great places, but was ultimately betrayed as well and, and forced out. Um, so it's between them for the top spot. But if you look at Kenny Omega, at least in kayfabe, he almost broke Bullet Club. You had a whole Bullet Club civil war. You had the elite civil war as a result of Kenny Omega. He went off and wanted to be with his boyfriend and the Golden yeah. Lovers and nearly ruined Bullet Club. He brought in Jay White um, and Jay White turned on him. So I can't say that Kenny's a strong leader, but then again, I can't really say that Jay is that strong of a leader either. Cause he hasn't really, he has brought them titles, but it's not like the faction got a ton of ton stronger overall. Right. You look at like, look at Los Ingobernables after Naito won the dual championships. They had all the belts. They had the trios belts. They had the never belt. They had the junior heavyweight belt. They had the intercontinental title. They had the IWGB heavyweight championship. That is a leader that br- that's, that's, that's brought strength to a group. Um, so if you look at like Bullet Club in terms of power rankings, I can't say that Kenny really brought a whole lot of power to Bullet Club as a whole. You know, the Young Bucks had the tag championships a few times, but... Who else in Bullet Club is doing really great during that time? Well, I don't. I, I judge it by the. So you could certainly make an argument for Kenny Omega and Jay White's too. Sure, you could certainly make an argument, in my opinion, for for Kenny Omega having the most visible presence during his run. Uh, but I think th- I think it's really important. Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega may have still happened, but would Kenny Omega have ridden to has had ridden to the, risen to the prominence that he did and get those matches with Okada? Had he not turned on AJ, would AJ be where he is if he had not followed the Young Bucks lead and turned on Devitt? So I'm I'm sitting here going, does any of this exist without Devitt? Is Devitt the most important one? I I would say he's the most I important agree. one. 
in Bullet Club. But then again, you also look outside of kayfabe. When was Bullet Club the most popular? And it was just it was like just post AJ, with the with the Young Bucks actually putting Bullet Club shirts in every hot topic in yeah. America. So there's an argument to be made both yeah. ways. Can you could say um, that it's actually more important between AJ and Kenny? Because they're the ones that had all of like the big exposure. That's when Bullet Club, like you would go to a wrestling show and everyone would be wearing a Bullet Club shirt. Everyone. I have a damn Bullet Club shirt on the wall behind me. Now, granted, it's a Marty Skrull shirt, but it's still the point stands. Yeah, the, the infinite number of spinoffs of that iteration of the Bullet Club it's logo. Still happening. Yeah, it's still there. Um, There's a Daryl. Don't that's, you have a Daryl Club thing too for Hiromu? No, uh, JB, JB has, has that actually. Okay. JB has the JB, JB is Daryl Club, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it that they were ubiquitous for a while there. So in kayfabe, I'd say Prince Devitt number one, AJ Styles number two, uh, and then it's just it's a jumble between um, Evil Jay White and Kenny Omega at the so bottom. So in kayfabe, I want to give it to to Devitt. Outside of kayfabe, Absolutely. what I want to do is give the hat tip to the Young Bucks. Yeah, I mean they weren't even the, they leader, even the but leaders, Kenny, but they were they Kenny were the ones proxy. that started the turn on Finn that that really started the fracture there to to get yeah, AJ in right. right, and then they were there through a, all the AJ. They really helped build the Bullet Club name. Then they helped turn on AJ, join Kenny Omega, and then they were the major driving force behind the merchandising of Bullet Club during the Kenny Omega reign, and including you know raising Kenny's visibility as well. Obviously, his in ring work didn't hurt, but. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about the most important Bullet Club member, obviously Prince Devitt. The MVPs, Young Bucks. Matt and Nick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's definitely, and, and listen, I, okay, so final question to finish this off, AJ or Kenny? Who had the better, who had the better run as leader? <sighs> kayfabe or non-kayfabe? Let's do in kayfabe. I mean, obviously he had the Okada matches, but those are personal levels. Yeah, but I'm thinking about the leadership of the like club. AJ. I agree with AJ. Because yeah. like you said, Kenny almost killed it all running back to Coda. He's trying to destroy, yeah. he's trying to destroy the right. damn and thing. And then they split off into the elite and all, all that mess. The whole reason that it fell apart was because the rest of Bullet Club turned on them because they were like, you guys are all about yourselves. Yeah. What about us? We were here, like, we're the Tongans. We've been here since the beginning, dicks. Right. <laughs> so. Great question. Thank you, Billy. Uh, next up, uh, Jacob asks, hello guys, hope all is well. If you were a wrestler that would be one move and or spot, you wouldn't, if you were a wrestler, what would be one move or, and or spot you wouldn't take no matter what? Ooh. Dick flip. Fair. These days. <laughs> I might've done it a year ago before we knew. Um, no, uh, I, I, let's take it seriously. Let's say, let's say what is, what is one spot like you'd be terrified to take and, and don't, and don't say, uh, getting choke slammed off of a scaffold by new Jack. That doesn't count. Like what, like what is one move? <laughs> is Xander still in the chat? Xander, are you still there? I believe so. I want to, I want to, I, w- I would love to hear his, uh, his take on this right. as well as someone who's a wrestler and JB, if you're there too, what is a spot you wouldn't take? Any of our wrestlers, any of our actual like wrestlers in the chat, I'd love to hear what their spot would be. Anything um, that came close to uh, uh, any sort of pile driver, brain buster, tombstone, burning hammer, anything like that that's going to yeah. potentially jack my neck, neck up and paralyze neck. me. Razor's Edge, Razor's Edge sure. uh, terrifies me. 
doomsday device terrifies me. So many ways that can go wrong. I'd rather jump off the top, top turnbuckle through a table because at least that would break my fall to an extent than, Taking than a, have some giant yeah. man drive my neck into, a, into, into padding and wood. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. Taking a buckle bomb from Seth. Superplexes mm-hmm. are, are scary. If they go wrong, you're done. But superplexes are one where, well, yeah, if they go wrong. Superplexes are ones where, like, yeah, it might hurt your tailbone. Like, yeah, it can go really wrong. It's going to hurt. Like, no matter what you do, a superplex is yeah. going to hurt. Like a son of a bitch. But if you've trained enough in wrestling, you're going to be able to get your body in the right position. Everyone's going to be flat coming down. You know what I mean? And it's, that's, I, I would argue, way safer in a general principle than a pile driver, sure. than, a, than a burning hammer, than anything where you're coming down on your head end or neck first. Yeah. Um, I mean, the way some guys take the DDT these days terrifies me and they're all going rvd style you know uh calling back to our bonus episode by the way patrons uh your bonus episode should be coming up soon if it's not up It'll already tonight. audio version yep. but you can go uh, watch the uh the replay of the live stream over on patreon yeah so we do but uh speaking of rvd being an innovator um but yeah I, I i agree with you nick anything coming down on the head and neck uh would be and JB saying, I'm not taking a bump of anything higher than the top rope. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair, man. I would not take a Jeff Hardy. I would not take a – oh, here's one. I would not take a, a Bubba Ray Dudley superpower bomb off the, off the entrance or something Ooh, like that. Onto a table. Hat tip yeah. to Mae Young. Um, oh, my God. At <laughs> 70-whatever she was when she took that. <laughs> Christ. That's insane. Um, yeah, just – I'm, I'm, JB, you're not wrong. Like any, like if anyone's ever gotten up really high and then gone, I'm going to jump off this backwards with a flip and try to land on a table and concrete. What was the one where the guy got up on the basketball hoop and tried to like jump off and he fell right in his head? He like missed the table entirely. It was in a basketball court or something. I remember seeing that. He just missed the table entirely. It's just, oh God. I don't know if, I don't know I if I could ever take a thumbtack spot. I could absolutely take a thumbtack spot. Um, and I know I could actually take most hardcore spots. And I know that I could because, and this is a little story, those of you who know about Going in Raw or have listened to Going in Raw with Steven Larson, back when I lived with Ant Larson, <laughs> we used to do the dumbest shit to each other. There's a whole house of us. There's a whole house of just stupid early 20s guys. And we would hit each other with, with wire hangers and like, like who could take the gnarliest wire hanger spot. We had one of those um, abdominal electrical stimulators. Yeah. Like the Russian, Russian find, stem machines? Yeah. And so we would like find the most painful way to apply it to you. <laughs> and Please tell me you never up. put it on your testicles. I did not put it on mine. Oh, I did not put it on mine. Um, testicles were involved at one point, though. The gooch, actually. It was, there, was a, there, was no! a, there was a gooch spot. There was a gooch spot. We actually crossed the streams. I did that, where like you put one on either side of your hand. You turn it all the way up, and your whole hand just... Contra- like rictus contracts but um I, i've done some gnarly spots in my time i i can't say i've ever been hitting full square with a barbed wire baseball bat but i've definitely taken some gnarly spots i could absolutely do a thumbtack spot it would suck but i could right. do it um you know anything like minor cuts or whatever <laughs> no problem could totally do that could could blade you know what i mean i could i could, oh, sure, yeah, I could blade I could myself that. get a crimson mask on. right it's not much yeah. different but I'm scared of my head and neck. Yeah, same. 
You know, <laughs> I'm scared of don't like I can break camera. bones, I can twist ankles, I can you know th- those things can be repaired, but if I'm paralyzed, uh, yeah, I don't want anything to come anywhere close to that. In my opinion, that's the very last thing I want to be doing is uh, is messing with my neck. And I have all the respect yep. in the world for everybody that's ever taken a muscle buster or a package pile driver or I mean it's ended careers. It's absolutely in your yeah, careers. Yeah, literally. So, no yeah. thanks. Yeah, stepping on yep. a Lego, I will never take that spot. <laughs> Actually, there was one that I saw the other day. Lego deathmatch yeah, spot? You're not no, into it? No. Uh, there was one the other day that somebody, I think they posted it in the Facebook group, where it was all like hard uh, Godzilla animals and different types of things, and it was two Joshi wrestlers, female Joshi wrestlers, that were powerbombing each other yes, onto on hard the- like Godzilla figures. Which... Having but, having had some of those as a kid and stepped on them, um, that's actually an insanely dangerous spot because those tails are daggers. They absolutely could have hurt each other really badly doing that. That that was terrifying yeah. to me. Like Legos, ha ha ha. Those those things could kill no, you. No, thank you. And by the way, I want to clarify as far as a thumbtack spot, thumbtack spot, fine. Power bomb me on my back on the thumbtacks like Cody, do an Ollie off my back like Ricky Starks. But by God. There is no way I'm ever walking on thumbtacks like Joey Janela. You can kiss my ass. There's no way I'm ever doing a, a, a thumbtack foot spot like Joey Janela. Right. Hell no. Right. You leave my feet alone. Yeah, don't, don't, my, don't mess my, with my, my tootsies. <laughs> no. It's sensitive. Yeah. They're soft, the soft, sweet little things. They're not meant for that kind of stuff. Right. No. Oh, thank you very much, Jacob. That one's a lot of fun. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys, either in Discord or the Facebook group. Let us know what your spots, or yeah. here in chat if you're watching, what, you what are take? your spots you would not take? <laughs> Ooh, I'd love to hear some of those. Uh, next up, Brandon asks, hey, fellas, hope you're feeling great. Uh, got two for you today. Yep. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, after watching the Rocky movies, I was thinking you could integrate the story of Rocky 1 and 2 into modern-day pro wrestling. Who would be Rocky, Apollo, Mickey, Adrian, Paulie? And Apollo's manager and fantasy book it. His would be Rocky as Mustafa Ali. Apollo is Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey would be Ric Flair. Oh, Adrian Jesus. would be Evilise. It's not bad. Paulie would be Swerve. Apollo's manager, obviously Paul Heyman, playing back to the Money in the Bank where Brock screwed Ali. Well, okay, I yeah, I see what you're doing. Uh, what I. I see what he's doing. How are we supposed to top that? I, uh, well, I'm gonna. That's good. That's good. That booking. is really good booking. Um, you're having. You're having. I don't. I don't know. I would do instead of doing Apollo, but I see what you're doing. Instead of doing Apollo, I would jump straight to four and do Ivan Drago. Who would be Ivan Insur- Drago? For more you? insurmountable kind of figure. Brock. Brock is more of an Ivan yeah. Drago than an yeah. Apollo. He's a dragon. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I. I, I would see like. Yeah, and he's also he's like a heartless dragon. Whereas Apollo was like very charismatic and very you know show offy, like he's he's more of like a big E. Right. You know what I mean? Good like point. Apollo would be like because remember he has to come around and be your friend later. He's got to train you up after you lose your edge. You have to go running on the beach with him, and I can see you do that with like a big E. I can't see you do that with like a Brock right. Lesnar. Brock's got to be Ivan Drago. So, um, and as far as as Mickey like. Mickey's like you got to trust him. He's 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 the he's the best, and he, he's salt of the earth. No relation to MV, uh, to MVP or M, not MVP uh, MJF. He's got to be he's got to be like the Rock, not the Rock. I mean, he's got to be like your Rock. 
Earl Hebner. He's not Ric Flair. It's my Earl point. Hebner is Mickey. No, you think you can't trust Earl Hebner? He's going <laughs> to screw you in Montreal. Well, because he was told to. But that's another that's another I, discussion okay. topic to have. <laughs> yeah, would that have held up in Nuremberg? No, it wouldn't have. Earl. Okay. Just following orders. Right. Uh Um. Who would be Who would be a Mickey? Let's get a Let's get a good Mickey. Not a, Not a Ric Flair. I, I like the idea. It's fun. Yeah. But it's not Mickey. It's not going to make you eat lightning and shit thunder or whatever it was. Mm. Chase those chickens, Rock. Um, who's more of a... Uh, I mean, even Mick Foley's too kind of like doofy to be... He doesn't have the edge. Yeah. You know, that, that Mickey had. Mickey had like an edge to him. He's going to slap you around. Like, um, like a salty sailor. Always had that squint yeah. going. It's like a pirate. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would say Tully, but Tully's a little bit too kind of quiet and scary most of the time. Yeah. Mickey, was, Mickey was more you know, hard on the sleeve. Tully's very like lots going on inside. I'm trying to think of who's, uh, who's working managers right now, like some of the last generation or generation before who are like that kind of old, salty, but like lovable. Um. Mm, I'm stuck. Uh, yeah, I kind of am too. All right, so let's leave Ric Flair, and we'll come back to that. We'll pass. We'll come back. What about uh, Adrian? Who do you got for Adrian? Adrian, we did it. Mm. See, Eva Lise, again, too much edge, too much edge to her now. Because Adrian was like always kind of a little more like soft mm-hmm. as a character. And Eva Lee's the last thing she is as soft as a character. <laughs> I mean, I could see like Brandy Rhodes would be a great uh, Adrian. That'd be good. That's um, a really good choice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, uh, I, I would say like a Peyton Royce if she weren't like a screechy, outspoken bad guy. I think Kyle uh, might have just nailed Mickey, by the way. Bob Backlund. I'll uh, make Darren Young great again. I can totally see it, and he's he's loud enough. He's a lot. He's come out. He's more, <laughs> he's more goony and, and loopy and crazy than Mickey. But I'm not mad yeah, at I it. I can get behind that. I'm not mad at it. Uh, it would be it'd be like if Roddy Piper was still alive, mm. like old crusty Roddy Piper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if he had lived. But I bet he still uh, wouldn't strip down and come out for the Royal Rumble like Bob Backlund has. No, Pat Paul that's the Backlund thing, out with a come out for the rumble, and I could I could see Brock Lesnar like scaring uh, scaring Bob Backlund into a heart yeah. attack. <laughs> <laughs> Dead meat. So all right, <laughs> which is okay. So what's the second question here? What's our favorite Rocky? Uh, what is our favorite Rocky? Um, I, I tend to lean towards four. It's such a bad movie. Yeah. But I do have the best memories of yeah. four. Like one is the best movie. Was, but I, There's no doubt. One is the best pure movie. But the problem is we're showing our age here, Nick, because there have since been other Rocky movies. There's been Rocky Five, then Rocky Balboa, and then now Creed One and Creed Two. Do those count? Sure. Because those are Rocky Balboa, Creed One and Two are all good movies. They are. Genuinely good movies. The best sense, I would argue, Rocky 1 in terms and, of And much like quality. he wants to merge Rocky 1 and 2, I would love to merge Creed 1 and 2. That's really, it's, it's you're, 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 yeah, you're, fair you're enough. fighting Avondrago's son, basically, son. right? So, right. 
it's a lot of the same storytelling. So I Creed one and two as the pair might be the best films. Like they might, yes. I mean, because the other ones haven't aged very well since the early eighties. Rocky one is aged pretty well. Rocky one ages pretty well. Two starts getting yeah. goofy. Three, it's completely gonzo, and four is just batshit yeah. insane. He's chasing a chicken <laughs> around are- outside in a foot of snow in Siberia, <laughs> like in sweatpants. Four is four is lost its damn mind. <laughs> um, yeah, three. I mean, it just get they get crazier as yeah. they go. Uh, so yeah, I uh, as far as my uh, like sentimental favorite four, because that was the one I watched as a kid and was like. You know, all into the cartoony aspect of it. I, I think as a film, Rocky won because it started it all. It's the most pure, I think. You can you can feel Stallone pouring his heart out in the writing and the acting and everything. Like, that's his baby. That's the movie that made Stallone. So I, I kind of have to give it for Rocky yeah. one. Okay. I think we're going to have to pass and come back to the uh, casting of Rocky one and two with wrestling superstars. Who do... I, I, it's hard not to do it. Brandon got some good yeah, ones in there. Paulie is with Swerve Scott. I mean, that, I'm, I think if Paulie is that, he's that traditional kind of Bronx Italian guy, you know? Is it, yeah, he's the, he's, he's the dragon. He's the albatross. Yeah. He's always drinking. He's <laughs> got his cigar. You know? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know who that I, would I be. I don't know of anybody like that in, in WWE. Um, yeah, we'll come back to that. Polly is a grifter, so Baron Corbin. I like that one. Well, well done, Kyle. I'll, I'll accept that one. Baron Corbin as Polly is a damn good yeah. call. Yeah, he's just a dick. Every time you see him, you're like this son of a bitch. <laughs> this guy, God. Thank you very much, Brandon. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Jonathan, next up, two questions from complete opposite ends of the spectrum. First off, if we ever get crowds back and things go back to quote normal. Do you think WWE will continue to have cinematic matches? Yes. They said they're yep. going to. They said they said that they're going to integrate them from now on because they're able to do they're so flexible yep. and they also can film them on their schedule. That being said, when they're on the road, will they be able to? They said they want to keep doing them. Whether they'll be able to at the rate and to the quality that they're doing right now is a big question. Yep. Um, but they might actually be able to do some really interesting stuff on the road. If they take like a production truck with them, just like have a whole bunch of, you know, production for like a, a, a cinematic match. Production truck. It's in your phone. And that's what they're using right now is like, you know, two gobos and an iPhone to film a swamp yeah. match. <laughs> but uh, but yes, they have said they want to keep doing cinematic yeah, matches. I hope so. Uh, second question is, what can we do to get Nick drunk on the show? We've seen Ian get it in. <laughs> Uh, what yeah. will it take Nick to do the same? Would love to see the audio and graphics go to crap in the process. To be clear, you've seen me drink a lot on the show. You've not seen me drunk on the show. Uh, point, Ian, of, point, of, point of clarification. Ian is one of the few people in the world that has had the privilege of seeing me drunk. Like Poured you, pouring you into an Uber yes. with, a, with, with, a, with a pitcher. Yes. Uh, Ian has also been the antagonist in get in making sure that I did get drunk by pouring very strong hellfires, uh, you know, knowing that I'm a lightweight that drinks Miller Lite. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't really drink liquor. But that being said, your capacity for drinking Miller Lite is pretty yeah. legendary. I can't believe how much you shoved down your gullet. Andy um, and I can put some Miller Lite away. We're, we're professionals at that. It's 
unbelievable. Yeah. I'd be peeing for yeah. days. <laughs> we we do. So we long throwback story. We used to on the way out of work, we would stop by the gas station and get a twenty four pack of Miller Lite cans and go sit in his mm-hmm. parents' basement and play Tiger Woods golf. Whereas I can the sit morning. there and do I can do ten, fifteen Hellfires and you know, it's a night. We at came work. last October and I think I had six <laughs> of those and I don't remember how I got home. Yeah, I did them with you. And and other people were there as well. I was taking drinks with them as well, and I finished out the show. I think I sang a uh, Kid Rock karaoke for you. You yes, you did. You there did. is video you evidence of, of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. Uh, what would it take to get me drunk on the show? We'd have to have an engineer that understood all of the the trappings of uh, putting on our show because I think didn't he say he wants to see everything fall apart? Uh, yeah, that's, like, part, that's part, of part of it. Of but um, <laughs> you guys would see it was a blank screen. Like we'd be we'd be doing the show, and Nick would just be like, "I don't know what the going on. I'm just I'm a person." Plunk, and you just hear a black screen, and that would be the, that'd be it. And I'd be stuck here on Skype with Nick, going, "I don't know what I did." Yeah, we'd we'd be what on happened? the still still on the starting screen, and Ian would be talking, and he would be doing his rundowns, and like he he doesn't he doesn't notice that much. Yeah. Like I he I guess he has the confidence, but it, we'd be on the starting screen, and confidence. he's still doing. Yeah, you know, he he could be doing his rundowns, and I'm just over here. Just, <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Asmi said, uh, "Nick, didn't you puke at PWG? That, that's a different. That's not drunk puke. That's I had four pitchers. I had four pitchers of beer. Four pitchers. I want to let me, let's, let's underline this. Four pitchers. Four. It was pitchers. hot. <laughs> My, I just there's a there's an evacuation. There's there's <laughs> drunk puking, and then there's just like I have to empty my stomach out." There, there's because uh, I can the beer is into my lungs. <laughs> what, a two hour show? How long were we He's there? Sloshing, two, three hours? sloshing at the back of right. your throat. Good. So Lord. yeah, you just go out and you you go behind the dumpster and blah, empty your stuff and you come back in and you get a promo bumper from Ricochet and buy a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> that was that the was night. It. Yeah. That was it. I'm busy having a talk with Dave Meltzer and Nick's out puking by <laughs> the fucking trash. <laughs> yep. Good Lord. By God, indeed, Esme. By God, uh, we'll we'll keep that in mind, Jonathan. We'll put that one in the basket of what we might do for a hundred episode, hundred patrons. So we'll, oh, we'll keep that one around. But, but we got to figure out some way that the show can keep running while Nick right. is. If I, if I can automate it to where I can just push a button, and I, I'm going to see four buttons though. That's going to be the problem. Is like which button do I push? Yep. <laughs> and yes, yes, Esme, uh, Esme in the chat. Uh, Hellfires, yes, Hellfires. Uh, 126 net proof drop shots lit on fire. They're uh, they're tasty. They're deadly. It's hidden they're in energy drink, so you don't really taste any of it. But it's, <sighs> <laughs> it's so stupid. It is. Uh, Thank you very much, Jonathan. Uh, next up, Dubstep Rob. Good afternoon, oh, yeah. gentlemen. Easy yet hard. I'm assuming it means his like question. Me. Oh, maybe he was. No, no, we're not going there. What is your greatest personal just, achievement? Just it could be. Fo- wow. Oh. It could be focused on your wrestling shows or if you want to let us slash him in personally. Wow, this is deep. Jesus. Oh, man. Greatest personal achievement. Greatest personal achievement. Um, Probably making something out of myself after failing out of college twice, not making baseball, basically working at Blockbuster Video, and then randomly one day a guy asked me, hey, you want to come help me run some cables in an office building? 
that was me in 1997-98 and I was just started asking questions and then I kind of got hooked on it I got addicted to it I became tech guy and 10 years later I moved to Los Angeles I think if I had to say personal achievement it would be attaining the level of success that I have with the all basically just self-starter kind of stuff like I, I didn't I didn't have the a lot of the benefit I grew up in the backwoods of North Carolina um, I, I definitely did not really have a lot of advantages but I had I have drive ambition passion and stubborn willpower to, to learn so that that's that's <laughs> the, the fact that we're on twitch right now in 1080p HD uh, is kind of a demonstration of that with me having no film or TV production background whatsoever the last three years have been a lot of fun. So there's a lot of those little greatest personal achievement is actually making something of myself, getting out of the backwoods of North Carolina and not working at Blockbuster for $5 an hour or Walmart that was right next to it. It's probably mine. That's a pretty damn good one. I don't really have a better one than that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Damn. It's tough for me because... uh, I've just I've worn so many hats throughout my life and like I could take every one of my various iterations of my careers I could be like well you know from the an acting standpoint what was the greatest was some of the greatest things I ever did were like getting an award presented to me by Fred Willard um nice uh you know be, starring in a horror movie um you know as a musician like playing all of the the holy trifecta of LA venues, the Viper Room, Roxy, Whiskey, um, and Key Club back when it was yeah. a thing. I miss the but, Key Club. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, playing the, playing the Viper Room, um, opening for a band that I used to listen to when I was a kid, and then going up to the Rainbow and drinking with Lemmy mm. has got to be up yeah. there. Um, but again, that's like my greatest personal achievement? No. That's just like, that's that was the High pinnacle points. of... High, yeah, that's a Good high memories. point. Um, you know, and I don't feel like this show has reached the pinnacle yet. Like, I feel like this is just, we're starting. We're still like, we're still starting up yeah. on this. Like, this is still going. Um, honestly, some of the, the moments on this show, like when people give us feedback about positive experience that they've had as a result of the show or like, or, or, or feeling like the show has brought something positive to their life, like that, I, I, some of the most proud moments I've had in my life are something that, I've been involved in creating. Um, you know, when someone says that the show changed their life for the better, like I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's absolutely, it's, it's humbling. It's amazing. Um, so I have to list that up there as well. But single one, I don't know if I have one. Yeah. A lot of the outreach get, that we get getting from honest, you guys. Getting honest here. A lot of the, yeah. um, the, the feedback that we get from you guys is, is really moving. And it's, I, I second what you said about creating this community and this show and this platform that we have as a massive personal yeah. achievement that you and I have done together for the last going on four years now. So, yeah. Yeah. I, again, I've just got a bunch of high spots, you know, bartending. I got, I got a high spot in bartending. I was, I was, I've made a, a grand Monier cocktail that they flew me to Vail and I got to have dinner in a ski lodge with, uh, uh the head of grand Monier, the, the, the scion of the grand Monier family. Uh, you know, lots of high points, but yeah. one single one, I don't know. I don't know. Every, <laughs> that's a there you go there's a lot of uh there's a lot of things i could certainly complain about 
but all of them pale in comparison to some of the things that are going on in the world right now. And complain well, about it. As talk about struggles that I came through in life and things like. Oh, that. oh, I see. It just none of it, none of it really adds up. To, and I, I'm incredibly uh, blessed and thankful and grateful for the position that I'm in. Whether I got it here myself or with the help of others is irrelevant. It's you know it, I I oftentimes step aside and I try my best to push others higher. I, that's one of mine. Seeing other seeing people that I've either mentored, led, or coached succeed is one of my highest personal achievements. That's one of that for me from a work standpoint, from a professional career standpoint, uh, being somebody's manager and seeing them succeed is always one of your best personal achievements ever. Nothing ever feels better. Seeing someone else that you've led and coached be very successful in what they do or taught them how to do something and see them go out there and do it and succeed. Yes, go fly. Exactly. Be be wonderful. Be great. Yeah. Yeah. I heard (sighs) Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Uh, Good question, all he on here, uh, As we hmm. build this community, a fun segment will be five minutes to get to know a patron. Just an idea for your ah. co-producer. Be well, dubstep Rob. Feature feature a patron. Yep. yep. Not mad at that. Not bad. Good I like com- that not one. Not mad at Rob, that. Rob, that could be you. Yeah. Nice co-producer. There you go. That's one who steps up. Oh, thank you, Rob. Uh, next up, also, uh, wink, wink, thank you. We'll figure something out. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, Mark is next. Good day, gents. Hope all is well with both of you. It is. Thank you, Mark, especially after that so, question. So far, so good. Uh, first, yeah. I just want to say thank you to all the phenomenal ones for creating such a welcoming and positive community. Amen. We can all talk about a product that we love so much. For my question, I remember a month or so ago, Sir Ian mentioned that a potential Orton-Wyatt feud wouldn't work because Orton is currently based very much in reality while Wyatt is doing more fantasy cartoon horror type of work. Do you remember doing saying that? Okay. Yes, I do. Uh, this got me thinking, would it be better for WWE to split the two styles between the two main brands? SmackDown could be the more sports-driven, dri- reality-based products, especially since Fox has sports channels they could tie in with, and Raw could be the wacky balls-to-the-wall program with ninjas, swamps, and all the crazy stuff they want to come up with. Doing this would give each brand a distinct feel and allow audiences to know what was going, what to expect going on. Apologies for the long post, best, w- best wishes, brother. Thank you, Mark. I... Great I'm idea. in. Sign Great idea. Me up. I think that's a fantastic idea, and it'd be a way for for WWE to create two diversified brands that then you could have people uh, attracted to for different reasons. I think the only reason they wouldn't do that is because they don't want to split their audience like that. They don't want to have the people who want all the crazy stuff on one show and the people who have the sports stuff on one show. They've created kind of a hybrid of that right now, where they feel like they're 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 trying to please everybody all on one show. And Vince is definitely a fan of the smorgasbord uh, theory. <laughs> you know, you have the buffet, a little bit of everything. Um, so I think that he's trying to appeal to everyone with both yeah. shows, uh, and I think that's actually a very very specific creative decision that they're making. And that's why we don't see that where one show is completely goony off the wall and one show is very reality sports-based. I like the idea. I think it's a a strong idea to have two very different feeling shows. And instead what we get is two kind of different feeling shows just because of slightly different talent and creative team. But yeah, I I love that idea. I just know they'll never do it because they're, they're trying to please the median 
on both shows and attract all of the same crowd to both shows. Yeah, the brand shows. split is a farce. It's a it's a it's a way to put different logos on different merch and to polarize audiences and you know all of that kind of stuff. Uh, no, he's my favorite. No, he's my talent. favorite because he's better and he's on Raw. So I'm a fan of Raw. No, AJ's on SmackDown. So I'm. A- yeah. That's what it's for. It's to create. But it's, it's also to create team yeah. loyal loyalties. Uh, all of that kind of stuff. But it, it's all a farce. All of these wild they cards also have and drafts and splits and all of this stuff is just for for hoopla. It's it's just WWE. The best thing they could do is do <laughs> away with the brand though. split, unify some mm-hmm. of these multiple nope. titles that they have. Nope. Yeah, all right. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think that the, the brand split is essential for a roster this big. And this is this is as close as you're going to get to to what Mark is talking about here is having two brands. Yeah. And having them feel differently because of the different talent involved and the storylines sure. involved. You know I what I mean? And that having if that was that, the reality, but it's not. It's just because they're a little sloppy about it. If they tighten it up, it would be yeah. better. But they're just a little mm-hmm. sloppy about it. Vince that. out of the chair. <laughs> Good luck. It's- From his cold, dead hands. Yeah. Thank you very Mark. much, Mark. That was a really good question. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Uh, next up, Esme Booby Champ. This is good afternoon, pod puppies. Wanted to mention that Twitch is a blast, Ooh. and the sound quality is amazeballs. Ah. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, awesome. So happy to see the evolution of the podcast. Can't wait for the next phase of BWO. Now I have one question. Mm-hmm. I've got one question for you. If you guys put on your own one-night-only independent wrestling show, what would your card look like? I feel like we did this. Same rules apply for any independent show. If a wrestler's contract permits her or she to attend, what would it be Mm. called? Where would it be held? And between the two of you and perhaps JB, I think it could be something groovy. Much love and a hearty be safe and much love to my BWO fam. And she tops that off, Ian. With yes. a cool fifty bucks in the tip jar. Damn. Because she says we Esme. Esme. Thank you. Just mm. Oh my god. You guys are wrecking me so today. Much. Thank you so much, Esme. Love you guys. Thank you very much, Esme, and thank you for the question. Um bruh. So now okay. We did do the bonus episode. So to preface this, go back and check out the bonus episode where we built our own promotions. We built yes, our own We did build company. our own promotions. But let's let's. She's saying we've got one night only. Let's do a show. Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Are we doing a show based on like? Did she say that uh, only people that we can get their them to show up? So in other words, like some people who are not exclusively signed to WWE, AEW, New Japan. Same rules apply for any independent show if a wrestler's contract permits he or she to attend. Got it. So we'd have to be able to we'd have to be able to book them in the current situation. Um, are we talking like scrap COVID? This is pre. We kind of have to pandemic. We're also oh, yeah. in, in, in Northeast Florida. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think who we could book for the show. Mine would look very much like PWG, to be honest. It's it's that to me is kind of the the standard bearer of of indie wrestling. It would be a little more hardcore, yeah. a little more CZW edgy kind of stuff, but. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do have a very much a, a style in PWG, and I, I agree. I would like to see some more edgy stuff yeah. as well. Um, I definitely would like to see like a hardcore match or um, something with a little bit of color. But you know, I definitely would like some some lucha stuff in there. Would love to bring in some lucha guys. Um, 
I think Flamita is now signed with Ring of Honor, but if he wasn't, you know, having him back there would be great for it. Or, uh, or uh, Bandito, uh, if you want some like indie uh, lucha guys. Um, trying to think who else is free on the indies right now. Good lord, it's it's all been so uh, chomped up. Um, obviously, we'd have to book our boy Xander. Oh yeah, for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Xander had he to be there. He a good promo. Yep, exactly. Um, I loved the He posted the match that a uh, few months ago. I loved watching that match. It was a really good match. Yeah. We'd have JB be the uh, either the ring announcer or the MC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. Definitely like like a, like a hardcore match and then like a, a good, good four-way lucha match. And I'm sorry, but if I get one night only, I got to have a ladder match in there somewhere. Agreed. Um, yeah. Where would it be? <clears throat> Madison Square Garden. <laughs> it's an indie oh, show, Oh, Nick. I'm sorry. Well, I thought all bets were <laughs> off here. <laughs> oh. Um, <clears throat> it'd be really fun. Would be like shut down a park. Have it in like a park outdoors. Okay, outdoors. Give it a give it a yeah. little backyard wrestling flair. Yeah. I like that. Be kind of fun. And like, I've got a couple parks around me right here. That'd be great to set up a ring in the middle of it near the baseball field. You know, have it in the evening. Be good stuff. Be a good time. Yeah. Well, what would it be called? What would your? Well, we already we already got ours. God, I can got flip our back in my notebook here and find it. But uh, Esme, I would say go back and look for that um, that bonus episode since you're at that tier, I believe. Um, we we built we came up with crazy names. We we drafted people. We drafted an entire we yeah uh, men would, women tag teams and indie indie so darlings that we wanted point. to pull. Kyle over in the chats, like, dude, we would have to set up on the one side. We get like a little monitor and um, uh, a gaming chair, and we just have Miro streaming Twitch streaming from the side yeah, of the he ring. Cast. The he cast. He could be a, a pro caster. Yeah, exactly. He could. He, He's not a wrestler anymore, he could right? Do, he could do live commentary to Twitch, you know, watch along kind of stuff. Uh, Esme, you brought up, um, so you said something else that I hear that I want to go off on a little aside. You said, so happy to see the evolution of, of the podcast, and I, and I really wanted to throw this out there too because you guys that are listening to this are our elite. You are our, those of you that are, that are still listening at this point to this show in particular, you guys are our hardcores. Um, so I wanted to give you a heads up on sort of the, what the thinking was here. You said the evolution of the show. This is BWO Live. We're, we've got BWO Daily. We're looking at doing some throwback content that we want to give its own kind of name. So we're somewhat creating mm -hmm. the BWO universe here. And all of you are a very big part of that as fans and listeners and supporters of the show here. So you are our BWO universe amongst all of these various products that we're sort of diversifying into. That's kind of the vision for it that I've got and that I've shared with Ian. And this is sort of like, this is phase two. We've, we've, we've just stepped into phase two of BWO Live. We've got BWO Daily uh, now. And then we're looking at adding some other stuff that I'm going to keep to myself for the time being. Ooh. Um, but New addition to the BW Overs? BW, BW Overs. Verse. <laughs> the the Bowovers. The Burst. BW, BW Overs. <laughs> yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. Cool. Exciting yes. stuff. Thank you very much, Esme. And really, thank you again for the 50 bucks. That's that's too much. So Stop good. it. Uh, but thank you. Next up, Josh asks uh, If you were both professional wrestlers, who are some people you would never want to work with? 
stay golden. Um, I'm ready. Go for it. I'm ready. Uh, Loki. True. <laughs> I don't want to get concussed. I never want to work with. Uh, I don't want to be, new, be within want to work with New Jack. Of new Jack. Um, Hulk Especially Hogan. Especially now that I called him a spot monkey. David Starr. Yeah, you did. You're trying to die. You're trying yeah. to die. Trying to die. Um, who else would I never want to work with? Just trying to think of people that have, are notoriously unprofessional. <laughs> Austin Aries. Uh, I don't need. I don't need a little squirt like that. No. No selling my finishing okay. move. Um. That pissed me off so much, dude. <laughs> You're talking about I the thought Neville it was a match? work at the time. No, I'm talking about the Johnny, uh, the Johnny Impact match, where he he dropped the title to Johnny Johnny Impact, John Morrison, and uh, popped right back up after taking Starship Pain. No sold it, and then just like was screaming at Scott the or uh, 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 backstage guys on his way out. Um, I was I, at the time everyone thought it was a work, some sort of like convoluted work, and it turns out nope, that's just him being a dick. Um, and once I heard that, that was real. I was like, oh my, what a piece of crap. I just wouldn't want to listen to him telling me how, over and over how amazing it is to be vegan. I, I feel like he's one of those that... Oh, he is one of those. That's all he talks I, about. I know. All you eat is beans and grass. I, I understand. No, it's plant-based, Nick. Oh. You don't understand. You don't understand. It's, 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 plant, it's plant fibers, and I don't know. I'm a, I'm a hardcore meat eater. What Same. do I know? Um, all right, so there's a few for me. What about you? What you got? would I not want to work with? I definitely said New Jack. Um, I I am... Es, what? Esme nailed it in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> Naya. Nick would never want to work with Naya, Naya Jax. Jax. <laughs> and if by work with, you mean in the ring work with oh, or just in general? God. That's, oh. that's kind of my question. I would never get... Also, Kyle, good point. Uh, Teddy yeah, Hart. Good, that's a good one. Good point. Yep. Good point. Not trying to die um, out here. As much as I respect Cornette for his legacy and everything, I would I would never want to work with him. Well, there's too there's mm, too there's too much hatred in his heart. Still, there's there's too much uh, language and just not being good with people that I just I can't get over that. I I, I appreciate yep. and respect that his his grasp of the industry and his appreciation for uh, the days of the the bygone era. But I, I, it, it's he's too, too abrasive for me as as an individual. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny to look at wrestling from twenty years ago, and you see the the kind of character, and then of course thirty years yeah. ago, you see the kind of characters, and we're you know you've got stuff like Dark Side of the Ring and everything, showcasing all of this crazy stuff that used to go on in wrestling, and how a lot of these people that weren't really good people, that were kind of either monsters or just had some sort of you know deep personal problems were at very powerful positions in wrestling or at the top of the talent pool and looking at a lot of the mainstream wrestling now whether it's WWE or AEW or NXT or New Japan how little you hear about people on the high level in wrestling being bad people in fact you hear a lot about the opposite yeah. and i was actually reading something today even um, where I uh, forget who it was who came back to the locker room and was shocked. Like, they came back to after a long time being away. Um, and, I, and I truly do forget who it was who said it. But it was someone from the Attitude Era, early 2000s, and saying they couldn't believe what a change there was in the locker room. Like, what a difference it was back there, the way it felt, the way it, everyone interacted, the support, 
And they actually gave credit to Roman Reigns uh, for being the one to kind of spark that paradigm yeah. shift, if you will. So that's it's it's funny how a lot of these characters that we would be talking about right now, where we're like, I don't want to work with that guy. They've really been pushed to the margins. Austin Aries, where is he? Low key, what's he doing? You know, the, the, most of them are working for MLW for now. But Eric Bischoff, who knows how long? Don't that. want nothing to do with him. Okay, fair. And that's that's someone who I wouldn't throw into the category I was talking with about. With certain but, things that came to light recently, Paul Heyman, I'll put him in there as well. Huh, interesting. I would absolutely work with Paul Heyman. I'd be uh, very careful. Trust him. <laughs> I, I don't want to work I with people I can't trust. That's it's it's that. Ooh, Esme, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, I'd be worried about him being drunk all the time. That's that's pretty much it. They also mentioned TJP. I'd work with TJP. I just wouldn't try to tell him anything because apparently he doesn't listen to anything anyone yeah. says. And if they do say anything to him, he just assumes that he's the quarterback and he's he's you know that guy's worked with some of the biggest wrestlers in the world. He's like, yeah, I've never learned anything from anybody. I've always run everything. Okay, mm -hmm. dude. Right. Sure. Still work with him though. He's a great wrestler. And he's, he's not dangerous. I don't feel like he's dangerous in the way some of the other guys I mentioned yeah. were. So, All right, let's bang these last couple out. Uh, next up, oh, Josh. Yes. Or, sorry, that was Josh. Thank you, Josh. Next up, Kyle. Thank you. Uh, asks us, Kyle, so, what's up, So man? this week in the Facebook group, I posted how a lot of Cross's build has been used through the men's war games match. Carrying Cross, yeah, right? Uh, Carrying Cross. Killer Cross. Carrying Cross. How a lot Carrying of Cross's, Cross. Carrying Cross's build has been used through the men's war games match, and it got me thinking... Uh, it got me thinking about how across NXT, how much War Games in that Survivor Series weekend has informed so much of their long-term storytelling for Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, yep. Johnny Gargano, so Balor, the men's War Game participants in NXT, etc. My question is, when was the last time you saw a non-NXT, non-Japanese promotion use one pay-per-view event to inform storytelling this far out from it or longer, particularly with WWE? Because I honestly can't think of an event that has, with this many threads tying back to one show, for motivation. Uh, additionally, I would ask, what do you think the main roster and other wrestling organization in the U.S. can learn from this booking that I don't really see outside of Japan? Um, well, so the when was the last time you saw a non-NXT, non-Japanese promotion use one pay-per-view event to inform storytelling this far out from it or longer? Um, I don't want to be dismissive because... I, I, I know I know what you're getting at with that, um, but that's kind of WrestleMania every year. Yeah, is they do WrestleMania and then there's so much stuff that comes out of WrestleMania every year, right? We've got uh, Edge and Randy Orton, which is going to run all year. You've got Drew McIntyre as champ, which is going to run all year. And this is just this is just from this year. Um, you know, the return of of Bray Wyatt and and what he was doing with the Firefly Funhouse match. Undertaker and AJ is still being called back to. Um, and that's still, you know, kind of, it's, it's not directly informing AJ in the way I think he's talking about with Gargano, but AJ was put on a different path from that. It's tough to use this WrestleMania because obviously everything's going on, but take any WrestleMania. It informs tons of storylines going forward. Now, that being said, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to diminish the question because I know what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and I, but I just would argue it does happen actually more often than not. It's just NXT is in the middle of really driving home a lot of those storylines right now that just happened to start then. And they're using that as a lot of inspiration. Um, and there have certainly been shows like that in the past. Royal Rumbles 
that start tons of storylines because it's the beginning of WrestleMania season, and those all those all continue out throughout the rest of the year. We've seen Survivor um, not, Series, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series basically set the tone for what would lead to the following WrestleMania almost a year later. So I'm, I'm, it's it's happened. Look at Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, uh, the rise at SummerSlam with Charlotte, and then getting to Survivor Series, getting punched in the face by Nia Jax, and then she just erupts and goes all the way to end up uh, to headlining WrestleMania. So I, that's a that's one that I would throw out there is is Becky, but it's more tied around the individual than a pay per view with so many moving threads and parts as you were alluding to, Kyle. Um, it, it's easy to find one thread. It's hard to find a pay-per-view that had as many threads as last year's war games and the survivor series weekend did. So, uh, he says, maybe it's the volume of people coming out of it. That shocks me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, it's really about those multiple threads and they, if they can keep all of that going, look, there were some interesting things that happened. Keith Lee surprised us all with all those moments that he had between survivor series, war games and the Royal rumble all in a 90 day stretch. Right. Uh, and then we had um, the Rhea Ripley stuff coming out of the Rumble that led to WrestleMania and now beyond, where Rhea right. Ripley is still in there mixing it up with Dakota Kai before her EO and I would, match. Yeah, but again, I, I would argue like you want to use pretty much any big pay-per-view show to set up the next next level of the threads. And there are going to be some shows where more happen than other, yep. right? others, right? Like you take any, any TV show, any long-form TV show, you're going to have episodes within that show that are going to have longer term, term ramifications just because where everyone's at in the storylines, where all the characters are. Um, Do you think the problem you know, as an aside is that WWE has too many pay-per-views? It does. It diminishes the, the effect of every pay-per-view. Yeah. It diminishes the impact. That's why all of them seem to build uh, towards one of the big four. Which is why I was saying that like, I was kind of more thinking about the big four, which is when you tend to have a lot of storylines really start and spark off for the next few yeah. months. And, of course, nothing's bigger than WrestleMania, where everything is building to WrestleMania, hopefully for most of the year, although Vince does only seem to do the top couple of feuds for all year. Um, and then coming out of WrestleMania, everyone's been affected in some right. way. you know. Um, so I'm, I'm just thinking about other, other ones where you have, you're, you're calling back to events that happened at that pay-per-view for the rest of the year, like really watershed pay-per-views. And, I'm, and unfortunately, I am kind of stumped right now um, off the top of my head, but I feel like if I just went back to a given year and looked at the storylines that were happening and then thinking, okay, when did those storylines start? We could, we could trace the threads back um, and there would be a few times where we'd see like really watershed pay-per-views. Battleground 2017, 16 was it? Was a huge show as I recall. He says Survivor Series 97 is the only one I could think of. Um, That's a good one. You know, I'm going to stay on my SummerSlam from last year. You had um, Sasha's return that's led to where we're at right now with Sasha and Bailey. That was a, you had several threads coming out of that that led ultimately to Survivor Series. And you had, I mean, hell, you could even make an argument that the Saudi Arabia show that caused the superstars to get held back had an effect on SmackDown that highlighted NXT on the main shows that led to a triple three-brand Survivor Series yeah. for the first time I mean, the, the, the point he's making is well taken, yeah. and that is that WWE tends to hotshot more and doesn't think long-term. Right. And that's ultimately, I think, what yeah. he's getting at here. And he's, I mean... You'll never get an argument from us on that. <laughs> right, absolutely yeah. not. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you definitely see more long-term booking and more thought put into 
characters and their evolution in NXT, in AEW, in Japanese promotions, um, in Impact. But, uh, and, 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 and I would argue Ring of Honor. We don't talk about Ring of Honor enough lately because it hasn't been on anyone's radar. WWE does tend to hotshot more, especially from the mid-card down. So it's hard to put them in the same place. So yeah, on that point, I hear what you're saying. So additionally, he says, what do you think the main roster and other wrestling organizations in the U.S. can learn from this kind of booking uh, that we don't really see outside of Japan? Fan investment in the characters. But again, WWE, like, what, what are they going to learn from anything? They're, they're sitting there saying, we're the top of the mountain. Yeah. You guys should be learning from us. Right. They're, they're, they're not, what should they learn? I think we just said all that. This is what they, this is what they could yeah. have. Like that level of fan engagement with the characters where you're excited to see where they go next and then you feel like there's a history in the place they've come from, the place they're going to. Like that's all stuff that you get from having that kind of consistent booking. Consistent booking, consistency on the, on the, on the main roster WWE is something that every armchair pro wrestling fan has that's been watching WWE. Is, even the people that are, that are pro WWE, I think will will actually say, and anyone who's a pro WWE, WWE who's like a total, like, no, WWE is great. If you're a WWE defender, I think you'll agree they could do better at their consistency in their booking. Like, I don't think there's an argument about it. I think it's a hard fact. You got to stop tearing up show show rundowns two hours before they go live. The the show, yeah, stop the script in order to be able to invest so, in stuff like that, though. What could they learn? That will they? No, they're like, we're doing great. We're the biggest wrestling company in the world. We, Why we should we change? We just tripled our year over year net revenue, net net operating income. Yeah, and what we need to we need what to change, need to change our. And Vince is saying we need to create, create, change our creative, but at no point is he saying we have to have more consistent storytelling. Yeah. He's saying we have to have better storytelling, better characters, and engage with the audience more. And that's not him saying that he understands the problem. That's just saying he knows where the problem's coming from, but not that why. That might be the most vague conference call I've ever heard, quarterly report I've ever heard them do. He was salty. He well, was salty. he was salty, but it was just it was spe- he was speaking in vague, you know, corporate speak. There wasn't a lot of uh, substance. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kyle. That was a really good one, man. Um, finally, as he likes to do... Oh, actually, I have to refresh my page because I got a notification. We got one more. Sorry, Uh-oh. Marshall. You don't get to be the caboose oh! today. Uh, we did have one more come in, but uh, next up was Marshall. Oh, my page is refreshing. Come on. Oh, come on. Come on, Nick. You're tech, man. I know. Patreon's having some problems today. Uh, Marshall asks, evening fellas, where are each, who are each of your top five quote boy toys, meaning best looking in the ring and or on camera. The move to Twitch has been amazing (laughs) and hope all in the path of this hurricane stay safe. Yeah. It's just, no kidding. I think they keep coming. Well, yeah. Well, we've got one with it locked out. Heads up Monday night. I've got a, we've got a hurricane hitting. So Tuesday show could be dicey. I might have a hurricane on top of me. So wait, 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 hold on, Nick. You're saying. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming. Okay. Th- oh, sorry. I, could, I, I couldn't okay. help it. I okay, couldn't Shane. help it. Come yeah. on. Um, Who are your top five? Those are boy toys? Uh, I mean. I mean, you can't not say Shawn Michaels. Shawn HBK Michaels. himself. <laughs> he's just a sexy boy. Sexy For, uh, he's boy. The, he's not your boy he's just, toy. He's my boy yeah. toy. Don't you, don't you tell me no. Uh, especially like back in the day, Shawn. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> that is a specimen uh, of a man. He, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you met you right. Uh, Drew, Drew, Drew. We met Drew in person. Well, we a whole crew of us went out to watch NXT out in Riverside when Drew was champ. And NXT champ. 
NXT champ, thank you. And yeah, we all were just like that guy. Every single That's one of the us. next one. <laughs> That's him. Him. That dude. Um, I'm not kidding when I say I think Drew McIntyre could be the next John Cena. He could be the next one for the next decade. Uh, being that to WWE. Oh, this, Esme just got back in the chat. Esme, we're doing your question oh, yeah. right oh, now. Yeah. We're doing a question for you, I should say. <laughs> Uh, who are the who are our our, our boy toys? <laughs> okay, uh, got, can't not say uh, Angel Garza. Right, we have to. We do. We we talk about him and Finn too much on this damn yeah. show. It's not our fault that they wear tight little boy pants and then thrust their their junk at the camera and in, in Angel Garza's case, rip his pants off. We can't help right. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna Sorry, I'm gonna be a little selfish and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna see an Otis Dozovich. You like them thick. Oh, yeah. Make, uh, you like them thick. Oh, yeah. Like a little meat pie there. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I hadn't, I, 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 shockingly, I have never thought <laughs> this question before. Uh, so I'm, I'm being a bit stumped right now. Um, I'm running down, I'm running down everyone in my head. I'm like, Who's just a sexually attractive man? Who's just mm. okay? Here's one. I'm gonna I'm gonna admit something here. Uh, Sunny Kiss confuses the hell out of me, and I mean that in the best okay. way. From like, there's there's angles that that can't like will that, you know the camera will turn. I'll be like, hey there, whoa, oh, hey, all right. Um, <laughs> well, even even on his Twitter profile, he he apparently identifies as every pronoun. Like you, you got yes. like I was curious. I was like, oh wow, I want to make sure I I use the right pronoun with with their name. So I I, I went to look, and it's like he, she, it, whatever they, there. So and I'm I, that confuses me even more. Like I'm I'm trying to be good here and use the right and help people with that, but kind of stuff. But yeah, Sunny is very just that, and you know, king queen of androgyny. Uh, in that sense, uh, shockingly enough, we mentioned Cornette earlier. Cornette had a great line about Sunny Kiss, yeah. where he said, um, uh, that, "He said her her butt sticks out so far, it looks like she's doing a back bend standing straight up." That's and Sunny Kiss actually quoted him and said, "Why, thank you." I was <laughs> <laughs> just like, "That's fantastic." That's really good. Um, Hangman Page. I'm gonna throw Hangman Page wow. in there as being a being a, a a very handsome man. And and were I a, a a female or or a man of a different orientation, I would I would be looking at Hangman once or twice. Okay. I'm definitely Hangman can get it or could get it theoretically if I went that way. <sighs> Who else? I've said Tanahashi. Tana, absolutely Bushi. Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi, yeah. the, the human Ken doll. Wow. Good Lord. Uh, all uh, right, I'm going to drop the mic on the last one. Uh-oh. John Morrison. <sighs> See, I've met John Morrison in person. I've looked at that guy. I saw that guy on SmackDown last night walking around the ring, and you can literally, <laughs> like... <laughs> If I were to, you know, you don't know action figures when they're when they're shirtless, uh, and you can like see the lines around the thing where their abs are. Like you can see that on John Morrison. Like he's an yeah. action figure. He's he looks like an plastic. action figure, like a live action action figure. That man. 
I, I've met him in person, and he's actually really bizarrely shaped. Like, humans aren't built like right. that. He's got these narrow little hips and this big chest um, and wide shoulders. Like, he is very oddly proportioned when you meet him in person. Looks fantastic on TV. Looks amazing on TV. But I met him in person. I'm like, you look weird. Actually, a really good friend of mine who actually bartends at my bar um, was, uh, was in an audition with him. And she had no idea who he was. No idea who he, who he was. And um, she's a little thirst trap, too. <laughs> and, she, <laughs> and she said, like, he was attractive in the weirdest way. We're like, I wouldn't normally be attracted to him, but he was just, yeah. He's like, he's just, he was weird looking, but also, like, hot, but weird. So... But for, take that for what it's worth. Well, there you go, Marshall. I think that's more than five for you. Uh, but yeah, that's, a bunch. that's a bunch for you too. And I know, I know, I'm going to come back later and be like, "Oh God, how can I forget so and so?" I know there's one that I'm that I'm missing, but I, I, you know, it'll have to come to me later, mm. so to speak. <laughs> Hello. Oh, oh my. And finally. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Not to be oh. left out, oh. the mop man himself, Sean Clark, got snuck his question in at the very last second, and I couldn't. Can I sneak in one? Can I sneak in one? I want to snuggle John Cena. I would snuggle that guy. You know what I'm saying? He seems very snuggly. Like, not, not thirst trap, not like boy toy, but like teddy bear. Like, you're like, oh, John Cena. Oh. He looks like he'd be, be very uncomfortable. He's just one big muscle. Yeah, he's like a little. Little little hard edges and whatnot, but you know, like just, mm. oh, you know what? Well, Since you're doing not, this, not, I want to give you. I want to give an honor mention too. Big E, Big E Langston, very attractive see, Biggie, man, Biggie, very I feel well like spoken, I'd, I'd, very much I one big muscly man. He's a mountain of butts. Yeah. I would suffocate <laughs> in the folds. Folds, yeah. Like a like a like a like a peck would would follow me and like crush me between the peck and the and the rib cage. That is chiseled, just. Mm, muscle. Uh, anyway. I mean, Undoubtedly the weirdest question we've ever right. had. And you know, now Nick and I are, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marshall. Uh, the mop man himself, Mr. Sean Clark, will wrap us up today. He says, don't know if the question will make it as I'm late to the dance, but hey, I got you. made it. I got you. Made it. When nothing goes right, go left. Short positivity today. Interesting. That's a, that's a really good quote. I like that. Uh, I'm skeptically optimistic after at least feeling different vibes from WWE this week. Not great by any stretch, but I don't expect miracles from them. Maybe this has been hit on before. Can't remember. What are your favorite reuses of all time? Re he says favorite reuse of all time. Not sure what that I'm means. not either. Reuse. R e u s is it ruse? R e u s e. Well, that's a reuse. Reuse. Does he mean like callback? Maybe to something that happened before. Maybe like like when uh, they keep they keep having someone do a superplex and collapse the ring, and they keep doing that, and it's like it's never happened before. Oh, it's totally happened a lot. I'm, I'm guessing he means that like reuse about? or of an angle or repackage of a mm. person's yeah whatever. Maybe like maybe yeah reuse of an angle reuse of a spot. Yeah, okay. Man, my um, favorite. Yeah, favorite, and I tend to not like them. I tend to I tend to not like it when I'm like, oh yeah, they did that way back in the day. Um, uh, I 
I like high spots off Hell in a Cell. That's probably my <laughs> favorite yeah. reuse thing trope of multiple wrestlers that we've seen over over time. I love seeing after Mick Foley set the standard uh, as mankind coming off the top of the cell through the announce desk. We now see that we're probably going to see it at Hell in a Cell in a couple of months. Somebody's going to get on top of the cell and, and come off of it down onto the announce desk. We've seen Kevin Owens do it. We've seen Mick Foley do it. We've seen Seth Rollins do it. Dean Ambrose did it. Like it's Shane McMahon multiple times. So it, it's been a, one of those recurring things, and I pop for it every time. If they figured out how to get Big Show up there on top of the cell, and he came down, I mean, the whole arena would shake. But yeah, we, yeah, we punch a hole in the right. earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Recycled angles, though, uh, Marshall. I, yeah, I, recycled angles. I'm trying to think of. I don't. I'm everyone. I think of. I'm like, no. I like the original better. No, I like the original better. Um, I'm having a really hard time thinking of one where I liked the sequel better than the first one. And that's the problem: is that usually the first one is just better. There, you're never going to get another pipe bomb. You're never going to get another Daniel Bryan wins WrestleMania. You're never going to, you know, Kofi Mania was kind of a rehash of Daniel Bryan wins WrestleMania, and it was different enough that we could enjoy it. If it had been any more similar, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much. So I tend to not like reuses. Um, callbacks is fine, but even in like the Edge Randy Orton greatest match of all time, there were so many homages where I just it took me out of it. Yeah. Like, why are you doing all these homages? It's it's just it's so arbitrary. I'm going to do a rock bottom. You've never done a rock bottom before in your entire career. Why would you rip it out now? In in what's supposed to be a a match that like against your arch nemesis, you're so angry at this guy and you're suddenly going to whip out a wrestling move you've never done before because you're both trading off legendary finish spots. Like, shut, come on. Took me right out of it. Um, Yeah, I tend to not like reusages, reusages, reusing, recycling. Unless it's unless it's for the environment, I don't like it. I'd really have to do basically a rundown of every angle I could think of and try to find one that I liked the fact that they even reused it in the first place, much less whether or not it was good or not. I, you know I don't what I didn't like, like recycling stuff. Yeah, it's lazy. And, and I'm even trying to think of strange one that I even lo- strange lover angles. I mean, you you uh, kind of liked where they were going with Lana and Lashley earlier this year. You mentioned a couple of times there that was there were moments where you were okay with that. It's probably I was trying. I Nick, I was trying so hard to find something positive and, you're the and only you know one. what? <laughs> there was like a week or two where I was like, "Okay, this is actually like entertaining trash TV." Right. But ultimately, the whole thing was just a complete debacle. Probably the one that's most used, most recycled, is the jilted lover or, uh, you know, girlfriend or a friend betrayal or breaking up a group or just that thing where one turns on the other so that they can get their success. And I'll never get tired of, uh, yeah, like exactly like a heel turn kind of thing. Like I'll never I'll never get tired of like the good guy getting stabbed in the back and the heel standing looming over them. I'll never tire sure. of that. But that's not just wrestling. Right. That's everything. Right. Like whenever someone turns on somebody in any media and it's just like the bad guy is just kind of like that's right, I got you now, good guy and you're like, "Ooh." Like, you know, that's a cross that's a cross. I wouldn't call that a reuse. Yeah. All right. Um I don't so, know. Yeah, I don't You've you've officially I'm stumped, stumped, too. stumped us, Sean. You stumped us. I can't think I can't think I mean and, and there people are throwing them out in the chat here. 
And I'm like, no, no, didn't like that. Didn't like that. Didn't like any time they reuse that. Randy's retread no. of the legend killer. It's a callback. It's going back to an old gimmick. But it's his, but it's his own thing. It's not like it's being recycled for somebody else, you know? Yeah, and it's not like he's do. I mean, he's not saying I'm going to kill Mick Foley again. Right. I'm going to, you know, I'm not going back and killing all the same legends Where's Batista? again. <laughs> right. It's it's him taking out legends. He's he's a legend. He's that's his gimmick again. And I'm reusing a gimmick. I'm not. There, there's been times I'm not mad at that going back to an old gimmick or something. Okay, fine. Um, you know, Finn Balor kind of going back to being a Prince Devitt East kind of character. Right. Daniel Bryan um, coming back around and accepting the yes chance, and he's back to doing his thing again after that sure. year of uh, veganism. But I, I don't think that's I, I don't think that's what he's asking yeah, here. No, um, I think it's like as far as, as angles, I think it's like creative recycling an angle yeah. for somebody else from previous years. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'll have to think. About, I'm stumped. Yeah, I'll have to I'm think about that. Stumped. I can't think of anything. Can't think of anything. I dig. That's very rare. You so. did something, Sean, that no one has done for an age. <laughs> we'll we'll think about this and we'll get it up in the Facebook discussion. We'll get group. back to That's you a, for sure. Yeah, there's some research on that one. We'll, we'll dig deep. That's a good one. Go dig deep. Yeah. Well, guys, there you have it. A patron mailbag first one, first two shows on a Saturday, complete and in the bag on our new home Bam. of twitch.tv slash busted wide open. You guys made it all possible in the chat today. You made it awesome and interactive. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for showing up for us. We'll be back uh, back here Tuesday for the Tuesday show, breaking down Raw and anything that went on. We got a lot of stuff developing in New Japan. We got New Japan Cup USA announcements. Oh man, all kinds Suzuki of Suzuki Nagata. Yeah. Suzuki, it was last Friday. Oh, oh. We'll have to be talking about that kind of stuff. Uh, hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. As always, you can hit us up. Find all of our links at bwopodcast.com. Make sure you get into our Discord. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, if you need links to those, just pop the little uh, commands, uh, exclamation Discord, exclamation YouTube, all that in the chat down below. We got merch now. Come check out the merch. Pick up some. You want to cop some merch and rep your boys? Uh, we can do that as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at bwopodcast. Come sign up for our Patreon, patreon.com slash bwo. Go ahead and do it for the month of August if you're not signed up already. So that way you're ready at the end of the month when we're um, doing the patron pickums for SummerSlam. It will, your patronage will continue all throughout the month. And you can go ahead and get all your questions in every single Saturday right here. So patreon.com slash bwo. There's an entire backlog of bonus episodes at the $10 tier for you to get immediate access to as well. Uh, and last but certainly not least, make sure you're following us here on Twitch. So you get notified. And if you're listening to this later on audio, twitch.tv slash busted wide open. You wouldn't believe how fun the chat was today. We hope you'll join yeah, us. Thank you guys. The next time still trying to figure out how all this is going to work. This is the first time and we'll figure out what yes. to do with the VOD after this and get the audio up out. later, but bear with me guys. I will get it all figured out, but this was a roaring success today. Yeah. If thank I you do very much, say everybody. so myself, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for yeah, listening. Thanks for listening and hanging out in the chat with us guys. But we're going to get out of here and go enjoy our yeah. Saturday and the rest of the weekend, and we hope you do, too. Yeah, you enjoy yours. Well, my name is Nick Howell. Yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.